What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Miko from Apocalyptica. Check it out. Really excited about this continued I had world tour, three, four years in the running, the anniversary of the Plays Metallica by Four Cellos, the reissue. Really exciting time for the band to celebrate this amazing masterwork for you guys. Um, and it's got to be pretty gratifying. I wanted to kind of start here, sort of going out every night and performing the entire album, plus some extra hits in the encore. Um, it's got to feel pretty gratifying to get to this place after many years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like we've been doing after the first album, which was this cover album, Metallica we've released, then we released seven studio albums of our original material and we've been doing like 20 years with that stuff touring with different singers doing all these original things it has been great and then uh then going all of a sudden back to the room back from where it all started and kind of like getting the perspective that how blessed we are that we have been able to make this so long and people still come to see our shows and I would say even more so nowadays, but this tour has been highly successful and we've been really enjoying it. And every night is flat. We, uh, when we planned this tour some two years ago, or even before ago, we had an idea that to celebrate the 20th anniversary, we will do 20 or 30 shows just to like, do a benchmark for this uh, moment. And now we are at the show number 180, something, just for this Apocalyptica Best Metallica tour. But it became so successful and there was such a big demand for it. So we've been going on and on and on and on. But it's been great. And it has also, uh, like when now all of a sudden playing instrumental music, being just like the instrumental metal band, not without any vocals, it's also kind of like translated the stuff we uh, wanted to create for the future. And we just finished our studio work now. We were in the studio for the past three months. And we're going to release an own original album again next year. But because of this story, we're going to release an instrumental album. And it's been really, really fun to go back to our roots. Awesome. And, you know, I think as such a perfect way to say that because it is back to the roots. It is really back to the you know, original essence of the band, not the covers, but the original concept of the four cellos playing, not just these classical interpretations of, you know, extremely popular metal songs, but also just this style that you really have pioneered uh, and has been imitated and copied over and over. So it really has to be, you know, you know, what a feeling it must be to come back full circle to the very beginning of the project now of the band. It's great. Yeah, and as you said, there have been like a lot of other uh, bands and performers doing similar things. And what could be more flattering than to inspire other musicians to uh, create more? And uh, it's really great to see people always creating, first of all, and then to see that maybe we have had our small, tiny bit of push for uh, someone's motive to start to play and to record their own material. Right. And 
you know, unlike most cover bands that do just a straight interpretation, you guys have been able to kind of put, you know, not just because it's cello, but, and the classical uh, element, you guys have been able to kind of put your own spin dynamically, I think on the, you know, beside the fact that the Black Album is the biggest selling record of all time, Metallica is the maybe the biggest band ever uh, in rock or metal, of course. And these songs are really ingrained in, in sort of pop culture, not just, you know, you hear Enter Salmon at sports events and you will hear, you know, you can hear uh, Fade to Black or Creeping Death sometimes in For Whom the Bell Tolls in movies. So I think it's really, it's really interesting that you guys have been able to kind of make these songs your own because they are so well known. People know every nook and cranny, every note, every change, you know, and even the way you guys interpret melodies of, of James's singing, for example, James Hatfield, um, you know, they're so well known and you, you know, people are just hanging on every note, but it's, it's great that you guys have almost these tracks, your interpretations have a life and a respect of their own. Whenever we have done covers, also of that of Metallica, the, uh, our point is that we need to make a stand to the song. It cannot be just that we play the song the way the original performance is and we can play the different instruments. That wouldn't be interesting enough. So we want to put our own kind of like ideas in place of, uh, how the vocal, vocal melodies of Hexfield have been translated into cello or even then in some occasions when we've covered then David Bowie or whoever, then changing chords, changing structures, changing tempos, whatever it will be. But that's kind of like our uh, main driving force that there needs to be strong artistic impact when we make a cover version that it really becomes like our performance. Awesome. Uh, certainly, uh, this, as you mentioned at the top, this sort of going on tour kind of raw and back to the original formula, just instrumental, no vocals. Clearly, when you guys go back to, you know, coming out with new music and working with new collaborators, this is going to breathe a little new life. You've had a little break from, you know, the original, uh, you know, composition and recording of, of new music, which we're expecting and can't wait to hear. But it's got to be like a, a great change of pace to come out and do something completely you know, different and sort of uh, get away from what's typical. <clears throat> exactly. And that helps kind of like when you keep doing the same thing you're do, doing, like when we released First Flight and then Seven Tiffany and Shadowmaker, which they kind of like in our heads, they are siblings to each other. They followed each other. We did the same kind of a way, a lot of singles, doing radio stuff, playing radio festivals. Then after tour, going back to the studio, writing music again, and it was fantastic. And we really uh, think they are a great album. But then all of a sudden, have a break from all that. We have uh, like it was a four-year gap when we were in the studio until now. And uh, then you kind of see yourself on the side because we've been doing this Metallica thing in between, and it tested people's kind of like a breath of fresh air, and it really impacted a lot to the uh, to the way we wanted to compose. Uh, compose a new album and uh, I think it's uh, artistically really beneficial for us that we've been able to do it it uh, will carry a great good results hopefully uh, long to the future I know that uh, for a while it was uh, you know sort of you know things tend to trend and then fall away. Uh, I know for a while playing entire albums live was very in vogue and I don't think 
Apocalyptica has ever played a full album before in concert that I know of. Um, was yep. that is that in itself a big challenge to play? And not only this, you know, incredibly beloved album, your debut album on an anniversary type of vibe, but play the entire album front to back. Does that present any challenges for you? No, it was kind of so clear concept when we decided that it's going to be the concert has got two halves. The first half, as you mentioned, is that we play the first album just as it's done in the beginning. Same arrangement, same everything, in the same order that it's done the album. And that's the state that we wanted to do it that way. And then uh, the second half, we take all the rest of the Metallica tracks we have ever performed or recorded or whatever. And that's the second half of the uh, show. But the first half, of course, it, we would play normal show that would not probably be the song order we would uh, play on a live show but as we want to contribute to the first album that was uh, very obvious for us that we want to do it and there you are, there's, there's no uh, difficulties because it's a bit funny at the time that we start with the biggest scene of them all and followed by the second biggest scene of them all and then not shooting blanks afterwards because like, of course they have uh, amazing songs for the whole uh, day, but uh, nevertheless, it's, it's kind of funny to play it in that order, but it's very important that we are able to do it. Right. I think another really interesting thing about the Metallica by Four Cellos record and, and just this anniversary is in my mind. You know, the music you guys have interpreted has also, as I said, taken on kind of its own personality, its own, uh, you know, kind of significance. Uh, one of my dear friends and bandmates, uh, shout out to my friend Fayad Sayed, whose wedding march was Nothing Else Matters by Apocalyptica. So, I mean, you know, you guys, I'm sure people have come up to you with stories about, hey, we used your song in a very significant way, not just the Metallica material, but your own originals too and other songs. Um, that's got to be also a very special feeling. I know it was very special for my friend to have your music. Uh, he's a huge Metallica fan. He's a big Apocalyptica fan. So it was just per a perfect marriage for his marriage, uh, no pun intended. And uh, I wonder if other people have come to you with similar stories. They have quite a few and nothing else matters. They're our version pretty uh, pretty widely used actually in the weddings and it's an amazing thing of course we do music for people and to create emotions in people and that you are able to create something that really touches people in a way that they take it to be part of their special moment in life no matter no matter what they would be of course it's something that the, like the biggest reward you can get when you create something because you want to transfer your inner emotion and for people to reflect that they connect and it's pretty funny. Right on. Uh, I just have a few more questions, man. You've been terrific. I really appreciate you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. For, a, for a, a headline performance, especially kind of an evening with type vibe, do you have to, do you do any special warm-ups? Is there anything you need to do pre-stage time to get ready extra than a typical headline show? No. I, myself, I have very same routines every day. Like for the show, I always practice an hour before, just like metronome, just playing basic stuff, like getting warm up, getting your head straight. And, but everybody uh, kind of like prepares with their own, own way they are. Some of the guys in the band who won't even touch the instrument before we go on stage. And some practice, some do push ups, some do whatever it is. And I think those routines, they are kind of like for concentration. Uh, 
might sound even silly, but it's quite important, at least for me. I, I feel myself way more confident if I get to do those routines instead of I can't, because of course those moments come every now and again. The schedules might be too cramped or in a festival situation, you don't have the possibility for it. But if there's possibility, then I, I just feel much more secure in it. When you go on stage, you need to feel confident that the key in a whole performance, you need to trust that you are able to deliver what the audience wants you to do. And then it just all settles when you are there. Awesome. Yeah, definitely sounds key to uh, feeling confident and good about your performance going in. Um, uh, I, I couldn't take this opportunity to, or, or miss an opportunity to talk about the brand new uh, Apocalyptica cover of Verdun, the brand new Sabaton song. And what a really unique, oh, yeah. what a unique, usually you don't hear a cover until a song has been out for many years. And uh, Sabaton uh, apparently approached you guys. I'd love to hear about how that came about because both tracks are great. Your version is amazing. Uh, the original is very inspiring and obviously we're looking forward to new music from both bands but how did this uh, sort of collaboration come about? That was you know very smart uh, guy from Sabaton the best player he approached us with the Sabaton side yeah, they wanted to kind of like do this funny thing for their fans that the uh, album is really long awaited for by their fans and they wanted to do that in a way that they're going to release the single and it kind of has the teaser or as the extra gift uh, two days before their own single they released a single kind of like saying this is it now and it was our uh, our version and then they two days after they released their own version of it and I thought it was really really fun and neat thing to do for that and and uh, that's uh, kind of like the launch of the big longer uh, collaboration we are doing and we are joining their own Sabaton Festival in south of Sweden at this summer and also we are going to do a long tour with them next year and uh, that, that's all like uh, part of that bigger plan we have and uh, they are, have created an amazing career and growing strongly and uh, working really hard on their music and they have been able to create their own world and their friends really uh, love the whole scenery they've created and they are very people. they are uh, we are from Finland they are Sweden we are neighbors in the country so there's also mental connection we get along really well and very bunch of people Awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, great guys. Sabaton, all, all great guys. Um, just for a last question, and it's kind of interesting, uh, to, to have, uh, the greatest bands from Finland and Sweden teaming up, but I, I definitely wanted to talk about, you know, Finland is, I've been very fortunate to, uh, interview many artists from Finland and Finland definitely has the vibe of the home of metal. A good friend of mine moved to Finland recently and he is one of the most metal people I know and he's a great musician and fan and he was like, this is, it felt like, you know, feels like feels like home. Everybody says Finland is the world capital of metal uh, and I just wanted to get your take on that. Uh, there are many great countries that rep metal. Finland is great. Many great bands. Many great fans. I don't know if there's a specific reason why metal music is big in Finland, but there, some people have a kind of like interpreted view from the weather perspective that they cold when it starts. But then if you think of the, maybe the greatest metal band ever, they all come from a Bay Area, which is sunny and surfing and all that. So it's kind of like, it cannot be that either. There's been a strong tradition of metal music ever since the 80s, when uh, like first, Metal band, um, 
band has first made outside of Finland were metal bands. So maybe that has been one inspiring factor that people have seen that, okay, you can get outside of Finland by doing music and in metal music. So that must be one big factor. And of course, then Helsinki is a very small town where it's the capital where most of the bands come from. And uh, like that the community where we had all the same uh, rehearsal rooms or different facilities and so that's kind of like communal something like vibe where people practicing next to each other and sharing the stages and uh, all that so maybe that's one thing and uh, it's pretty unique if you think of uh, like uh, Central European countries excluding maybe all these sort of most are like EDM, dance, uh, electro, uh, R&B, whatever. These kind of countries play more than uh, Finland. Then again, all of a sudden, it's a very, very metal dream. Of course, it changes now. The trend is uh, way more in contemporary pop music and such. But it's a big thing. And now we have uh, quite nice metal festivals there, which have already uh, been continuous over 20 years. So it's a very cool thing. And it's a big family, so like... All, everybody knows inside the scene that the metal loving people are friendly yes, of them all and polite and kind and it's a very uh, inclusive uh, community people are always accepted as they are and I think that's what is one of the most beautiful things in metal music that people are accepted as they are that's, that's really important indeed well hail Finland hail Apocalyptica and thank you Miko for your time it's been amazing talking to you thank you very much and I hope to see you somewhere along the road we will we'll be picking up the tour soon we'll be catching one of the dates for review so we're really excited about that too thank you for your time and for some dates here same to you be well cool cool thank you bye bye Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.